Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the great event. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the WHOA Podcast. Guys, we have a living legend in the house. Ty is back. How are we doing? <laughs> What's up, buddy? How are you doing? Not too bad. Guys, Ty is going to be my co-host of the WHOA podcast. Whoa. We're going to build this sucker up into something massive that just highlights everything great about Gainesville. You super psyched, Ty? I'm he's, super psyched. He looks, he's the only one with coffee, and he's like the most subdued. It's his, it's his own cup. What is that? Yeah. Coffee. That's so great. And guys, I want to let my my guests, our guests, introduce themselves. So let's go. James, you first. Hi, my name is James, and I'm really nervous right now. <laughs> uh, my name is James Bates, and uh, thanks for having me on. This is uh, I'm excited. This nice place. I've driven by here a few times and come in for a little bit of help with a scooter that we were borrowing, but uh, <laughs> first time to get the, the whole tour, so thanks, yeah. Kyle. You could uh, not have one yourself? What's yeah. up? I, I don't trust myself, maybe, on one. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm always falling. Uh, that's great. And my man, Brad. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, Brad Gamble, lover of Gainesville and founder of The Selling Factory. Awesome. Hey, uh, so I usually just like to start with some like origin stories, like why you're even here in Gainesville, that kind of thing. So, um, so Brad, let's start with you, man. Like, I mean, I know that I know your story super well by now, but for everybody that's listening, I just want, I want them to hear it because it's so inspiring and, um, yeah, man, let's hear it. Awesome. So I came to Gainesville to go to school because I had no other choice. My dad was a Gator. I grew up a Gator, so I was going to be a Gator. So, uh. I came to Gainesville in 97 to go to school, graduated in 99, and worked for about 15 years for an awesome company here in town called Infinite Energy, and started off as a 20th employee. We grew to 370 employees, and we grew to a half a billion dollar company that was selling natural gas and electricity across the country. It was an incredible experience. and. Uh, my last eight years there, I was the VP of sales, and we had about a 100-person sales team that was just killing it. And I ended up leaving in 2014. I was enamored with the Gainesville startup community and all the amazing things that were happening, especially in downtown Gainesville, and I wanted to be a part of it. And so I jumped, and I started mentoring and coaching startup companies uh, really around sales and sales development, how they can grow their revenue uh, organically, how they can grow their company, uh, not necessarily having to take investment money to do it. And I fell in love with that. But what I did find after two years of doing that is that there were just so many brilliant minds coming out of UF that were built, and not necessarily just out of UF, just brilliant minds that were forming these companies and making these amazing products and services, but unfortunately didn't know how to sell them. Right. So how did you like, I think that's a big, big problem in entrepreneurship right now is like the focus on raising money versus mm -hmm. actually making a profit, which is what companies should do. It's a crazy, it's a crazy <laughs> term. Crazy it's term. Like, let's, uh, 
what you actually make money i mean so what like what do you do to change that perception of business in 2018 well I, we really we when we meet with entrepreneurs and uh, you know company owners and sales professionals we really talk about how how did your grandparents how did your grandfather or your mom build a company in the 50s or the 70s or the 80s there was there were very there weren't vc funds there was no shark tank uh, so they actually got out and they hustled and they sold. They sold out of the trunk of their car. They built a business. And what's, what's ironic is that you can still do that today. You don't have to go give away part of your company to raise money to be successful really quickly. You can build it slow and you can build it uh, the right way. So it's amazing how many companies we've worked with now that have taken that mindset and say, you know what, I'm just gonna gather and hustle. I'm gonna sell my product, I'm gonna sell myself and we're gonna grow this thing and I'm gonna be able to keep as much of this company as humanly possible. That's awesome. That's awesome. And my man, James, I mean, I feel like everybody should probably know your story by now, but for the couple of people that might not. I got dude, a bunch of stories. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I well, like, like, we should just get like, into some of this, yeah. man. We should just, get, we'll just get into some of this, but like, why, I mean, why Gainesville, man? And why, I wanna start with why Gainesville? Like, why'd you even come to this place and then like, why are you still here? All right. That's a good one. No, it's because before we went on, that was, uh, and, you know, I, I apologize, but we're only two in. I didn't hear the first one, so I wasn't sure what I was getting into. All I know is, is Ty's a good dude, and he wants me here at 745. We got swimmers in the family. We're up anyway. Let's go. And That's so awesome. it's good to meet all you guys, but it's also good to know that this is just pumping up Gainesville because I so many times you call it the mayor i call it chamber of commerce i always feel like oh gosh i want everybody to have a good time in gainesville enjoy gainesville you know and give them all these suggestions uh but i guess really my my first taste my dad was a football coach so we were always moving we i grew up all over the place we were like army brats and so um he was a defensive coordinator for coach spurrier spurrier when he first got here his first year 1990 um and two years later I came here as a freshman to go to school and play football. And, and I, you know, fortunately, I had a good high school career, so I could really go anywhere I wanted to go. And it just, everything that was going on in Gainesville at the time was magical. I mean, you know, Spurrier was ahead of the game, and they were having, you know, the fun and gun. And it was, and his big hook line for the out-of-staters and it was, shoot, you got all these people saving up their whole lives trying to turn 60 and move down to Florida. <laughs> And you got a chance to come down, and you're 18. Don't sign me up. And that was it. Oh and that's why, I mean, because when you're in Tennessee, which is where I went to high school, you, when you go on spring break, you go on your senior trip, you don't go to Ohio, you don't go to Michigan, you go to Florida. And so, and gosh, I mean, I, of all the, the dumb decisions I've made, I mean, like, I, this is like the best decision that I ever could have made, at, you know, at 18 years old and on campus like a week and met my wife. Uh, we dated all through school. Tina was a swimmer at Florida and got a great education, and we love Gainesville. And, oh, by the way, we won four SEC championships and a national championship. Hell, yeah, we and, yeah. you know, and just everything kind of that, that has come with that. I, just coming to Gainesville and the University of Florida, I just I, I feel like I owe just about everything I have and everything I am to that. And I'm so proud, and I, and I just do anything I can to give back. All three of our babies were born at Shands, and, you know, and I just – love being a Gator and I and I can't even begin to tell you how proud I am to say that I'm a professor now at UF I just finished my third semester and I just that is to me 
probably the coolest thing that, that I do, and I'm very fortunate. I get to do a, a lot of neat things from broadcasting to, to painting, you know. And, and uh, Well, at UF? Well, like I, you know, for my real real job, my, my right, right, real right, right. world, you know. But, what but is it UF, that you're teaching at UF? It's, a, it's, me, a, it's a broadcasting class. It's a play-by-play okay. on-air talent class. And, That's um, awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, so we have we have a little bit too much fun. We get we get yelled at by the neighboring teachers a lot for being too loud. You know, they'll come over, you guys keep it down. But, uh, you know, I just want to churn out just some passionate kids, you know, and just really that's kind of what it turns into. Because as you can imagine, you get a class like that, 15, 16 kids, and you've got all levels. You'll have kids that have called games for ESPN Digital, and then you'll have some that, have, that are nervous to get up and, and speak in front of the class. And so it becomes almost like a public speaking class. But as much as anything, I just want them to be passionate about something and, and to be able to, to tell a good story. I mean, because as you guys know, you know, we're talking business. It's like you're on air. you got to be able to story tell. You're meeting with somebody, you know, talking about a product, talking about a sale. you got to be able to tell a story and, and keep people engaged and get up and talk in front of people. And, and uh, we're having fun with it, so I'll do it again in the fall. So let me ask you both something because I think this is incredibly important when it comes to business and it's something that I get asked about all the time like how like how do you help students because you both work with students which is a very a commonality here which is great um, you know people are like how do I figure out what my passion is like how do you what do you tell college students when they're in this stage I mean I literally did not know that I was starting a <coughs> scooter company until February or January when I went to career showcase before May of 2004 that I graduated it was like you know just a few months and I just found myself in this and I didn't have a passion for scooters like it was just something that kind of found me but I get asked all the time like I don't know what I'm passionate about I love so many things and you know so how do you help these students discover that it's a great question uh, so one of the things that we coach at the selling factory is working on your personal pitch and we, we, we actually do live role-playing with, um, with our students, with our interns, where we'll say, pretend that you're meeting somebody for the first time. What are you actually going to say to them? What's going what's gonna to get them to want to keep talking to you after 15 seconds? So this is where we go into what, what are you passionate about? And when they start to list out what they're passionate about, then we start working on these impact statements that they can use. And we, we make them committed to memory. We say, look, you have to you have to be able to rattle this off. If you meet somebody in a bar, in a, if you're in an interview, if you're at a, a networking event or a, you know a school club event, whatever it is, they have to remember what you just said. They don't want to just be staring at their phone, eyes glazed over, because it sounds like everybody else. So I think you, you mentioned multiple. Pa- they could have multiple passions. They probably do. Pick one. Pick one that you're really passionate about, and let's let's build a pitch around that to where it just sounds natural when you're meeting somebody we've had a lot of success with that that's awesome i'm probably guilty of, of confusing them a little <laughs> bit, you know, like seriously because you know it's uh, when in my class 95 percent of the kids they they have an idea of what they want to do they want to do something on tv for most of them it's sports for most of them it's football and you know because that seems to be the granddaddy and that's when I came to school, what I, I don't even know if I ever met with a guidance counselor at, 
Sevier County High School in uh, Sevierville, Tennessee. Same high school that Dolly Parton went to, by the way. I, I just, and so I didn't realize that I could come to school and Are you good and friends with her now? Major, no, uh, I, I met her once. I met her once. Okay. Yeah, I love Dolly. Hey, we went to the same Dolly high school. Yeah. Did you say that when you when you met her? Did well, like? no, because it was uh, at a function for the high school, so that oh, was okay, really so stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, like, she was honoring the graduates. Uh, and, so, yeah. um, and so, they all kind of have a feel for it, and that's when I was in in high school, and I realized when I was being recruited, I, I would fill out my questionnaires, and I'd say, oh, I want to be a vet because I, I love animals, and then I realized, oh, gosh, it's chemistry, and I'm, <laughs> this isn't my thing, but I, wait, I can go to school to for broadcasting? I can go to school for telecommunications and, and maybe go call, oh, this is this is what I'm doing, and, and so I thought, oh, I'll, be, I'll call football games, football games, and, you know, I mean, from drag racing to paintball to cheerleading, to hosting all these shows just all over the place that you never even realize when you're kind of tunnel vision of this is what I am going to do. And so I kind of opened their eyes to you've not only got to be willing to stick and move and, and kind of work your way up in, in different ways, but you've also got to be able to on the fly. You know, there are a lot of things that I agreed to do a whole season for. Yeah, sure, love love to and hang up the phone and, and go and Google what the heck it is, you know, because you got to be the expert next week. And so just to kind of be flexible and be able to kind of write in your head and, and, and just kind of off the cuff and just go, 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 and, and just be able to kind of, as things come pouring in, just be able to kind of like storytell and put them out on uh, broadcast and, and, and host shows and whatnot. And so I probably mix them up a little bit too much by trying to kind of like broaden their, their visions and everything, but at the same time, it kind of comes back to being passionate and, and being a hard worker and, be, you know, and, and I mean, shoot, it sounds easy, but like you talk about the phones, but just putting their phones down and, and, and listen to one another and pop up and interview them and, and, or tell their story, you know, and just, just kind of pay attention to what's going on around them. And uh, I'm just uh, proud of all of them. I mean, it's about 45 kids now after three semesters and it's- That's uh, great. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's really been cool. So talk about your class a little bit more. Um, I haven't had a chance to pop in, but I'm going to pop in in the fall and not tell you. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> come on. Everybody's um, welcome. Yeah, how many of the students are know you just from being, you know, Professor James, and how many maybe have, you know, done a little research? How many people know kind of of your kind of, you know, you're one of the greatest skaters of all time, James, and do you – do you kind of cross between those paths a little bit? It's a good question because I'm so old. I'm so much <laughs> older than them. And they uh, it, it really pisses me off when they don't get, like, dumb and dumber quotes and stuff. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I, like, I get so <laughs> mad at them. That's like, in this, this semester, like, yeah. the last couple of semesters, I had, you know, here and there I had some kids that they – They'd get like Tommy Boy or, or you know, some old school rap stuff and like, but like this class, this past class, that's their one knock. I mean, they were terrible. <laughs> they knew nothing. They didn't know anything about Sublime. They didn't know anything. I mean, like, oh man, just, just, and so that's what like a little pop culture, like, you know, kind of, uh, I know that I'm definitely um, a, a different chat room with them, but I don't know what they really know about me and I don't love talking about myself. Yeah. And so, it if they looked, they looked, and, and if they, you know, th I know they have no idea the stuff that I've, I've done on TV. Okay. You know, it's just because they're all, like, SEC kids, and I do all this ACC stuff. And yeah. so, and I have to, you know, kind of 
mention it to them. Hey, we're, I'm calling football games this fall, and this is when I come in. You know, the, I'm going to come back with some of the things that we went through this past weekend, and we're going to work through those. And you're going to, you know, you're going to see what it's like to prepare for a game and all this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know, but I don't really care. It's just like let's go. I just like kind of like diving in. I'm one of you. I have some experiences. And when when Ted Spiker, the, the chair of uh, uh, the College of Journalism, when he first asked me to, to teach this class, I just I got goosebumps because I thought to myself, if there was a class that was offered when I was being recruited that is, is going to be everything that I'm going to teach in my class, it would make the University of Florida that much more attractive. I mean, like, Absolutely. this is really going to be a cool class. And it's just like – and it's – it's been that way for three semesters and still going. Yeah. Do you oh, talk? I love I'm sorry. Go, go for it. I was oh. going to say, do you talk about like the, um, the change changing landscape of like technology and stuff? Cause you said a lot of them are probably envisioning themselves as like broadcasting on TV and you know, there's, there's so much happening with, with, I mean, I, like you said, the phones, I mean, people are like live broadcasting right. from their phones now. Right. I mean, there's the landscape is just changing so much. Um, are they all envisioning themselves broadcasting on TV? Is it all like sports broadcasting is this vision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of they they know that there are different ways to get there, but they all the majority of them have their their sights set on calling NFL games or calling NBA games, and you know, and, and mostly play by play because I've had some swimmers and some runners in there, but. Uh, uh, and, and a diver as well, um, but I haven't had any, you know, football players where they would be, a, you know, football analyst or a basketball player that would be an analyst. Um, but what's funny about that is, is everybody wants to. They get so wrapped up in my internship. Where am I going to get this internship? And I got to get under the ESPN umbrella. And and then if I can, then I'll be set. And it's, you know, gosh, what hopefully eight years from now you'll be on your way. And and I and I tell them like you guys are so lucky. When I was your age, if I had a YouTube or something like that, it probably we would have gotten in a lot of trouble because we used to make some crazy <laughs> little films, you know. But like, but we also, if they they want to get these reps, they want to get this experience, and I tell them all, I'm like, look, s- do your own little podcast, do your own little YouTube channel in a and you know and commit to it and say I'm going to do this every Wednesday during the fall because I love Gator football and I'm going to do my own Gator football, and it may just be. Aunt June and Uncle Jerry that are watching for two years. But you know what? There's something to be said when you do go for your first job and you say, well, I've been doing this YouTube channel for two years. And they can there they can see you get your reps and they can look at you and see, hey, this guy, this guy's I like this guy on camera. And my gosh, the guy's hungry. He's been doing it for two years. And it's just he's got two likes, but he's been doing it. There's something to be said about that. I mean, like, uh-huh. how is that? That to me. If I'm hiring somebody, it's a lot better than somebody that's just interned for a couple years at ESPN or, you know, at Fox or anything like that. It's just, you know, you can create, you can make things happen, and it's just in in all of these crazy different ways that we never had anything like that way back when. You know what's crazy about that is that I am constantly talking to college students about putting less energy into their resumes and more energy into building like a personal domain where they can highlight some of their portfolio, the videos, their broadcast and whatever it is that they're passionate about or that they're, you know, you know, going and getting this education for like highlighting that on a domain Mm -hmm. versus having this, 
perfectly <laughs> created resume because um, and maybe I like I don't want to get into the bureaucracy of like universities and stuff I know they put a lot of pressure on students to have these things so perfect and I'm kind of uh, anti resume as an entrepreneur so <laughs> um, but I mean I don't know that's just something that I'm constantly seeing like do you guys preach that like message at all? Or is there a similar thing that you're telling them to like to explore versus putting so much emphasis on a resume? Yeah, I've, I've actually just experienced this with our recent crop of interns that were graduating this semester from the selling factory. We, uh, uh, one, one girl in particular, she, she had put her resume out to a bunch of different companies in town and she hadn't really hadn't heard much uh, from them. And, I was like, well, you gotta, you have to assume that the hiring manager for that company has 50 of those on his or her desk of right. those resumes right. that all look exactly the same. You know, it's University of Florida, whoever it is, online resources say you have to have this resume that looks just like this. If I'm the hiring manager, I want to know why I don't have to look through all 50 of those resumes. What what is going to make you stand out? Glitter. Yeah, <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> but it would work. Or, That's or, what's so crazy is that it would actually work. They have glitter all over the yeah. desk. all like, seen Legally Blonde where they had the pink <laughs> scented resume. Of, yes, of it, I mean it works. I'm, I'm not the only one that's seen that movie, right? Yeah. No, you, I've you're seen the only it. Okay, one cool. <laughs> that, and that part actually like resonates with me because I'm like that actually yeah. works. It it's actually scented. stood out. Yeah, so so we actually worked worked with her about actually writing her impact letter, what she could actually do for that organization. Not just what she's done, what she was supposed to do. Here's her classes. Here's her GPA. Here's the club she was in. Write a letter saying, if you hire me, this is what I'll do for your company. I will help you grow this. I will help you do this. Think about it as a hiring manager. You just took all the pain out of going through those 50 resumes because you know that this person actually took the time to say how my business is going to succeed if I bring her on board. And now she has a job here in Gainesville. She's actually actually landed awesome. a job here in Gainesville, and she's loving it, man. She didn't yeah. move to Atlanta. She stayed here. That's great. Which That's is a an win. awesome success yeah. story. That is, awesome. a, that is a win. Do you guys help uh, over at the Selling Factory companies that you're working with work on their hiring process so they hire the right people too? I mean, I know you're working with those. You've got almost 30 interns now. Mm -hmm. Um are you telling them to maybe not look for the run-of-the-mill resume and you're saying, hey, let's go find these kind of special people out there that are that are doing kind of what we just talked about, kind of changing the game um, from the other side? Well, fr from the company's perspective, I have companies reaching out to me saying, I need salespeople. Yeah. I need sales development reps. I need entry level or account executive level. Who have you got? And what's great is we do have, you said thir over 30 interns now, all different majors at UF. And not only that, but now individuals are reaching out saying, hey, I, I'm a sales professional. I'm looking for a new job. So now there's this almost like a matchmaking service that's forming now at the yeah. selling factory, which is really cool. But most of the companies are saying, I need somebody I know that's vetted, that's going to perform, that's going to show up on time, that's going to work hard. And I don't want to have to look through 50 resumes to do it. Who you got? Who do you know? Tell me anything. Yep. And uh, and so that, that's been a lot of fun because now we can say, you know what? I do have somebody. This person shows up five minutes early. They stay late. They work like crazy. And they're, 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 a, blank, they're a blank canvas right now. And you can bring them onto your company and they're going to they're gonna do amazing things. And it just I just made that company CEO or hiring manager's job that much easier yeah. by finding these uh, 
and then these you keep bringing new jobs to Gainesville. Yeah, that's local that's companies it. Look, grow. That's help, what we're all trying to do. If local companies need sales personnel or revenue generators to help their company grow, then if we can help fuel that, then there's a greater chance of them staying in Gainesville. And that's what we want. We want students to stay. We want businesses to stay. We don't want businesses going to Tampa and Orlando and Jacksonville. Stay here. There's incredible talent here. Just keep the talent from leaving Gainesville when they graduate and keep the companies from leaving or draw in the companies from other areas when they start seeing how amazing this place is. You know, we got into a conversation on Monday night talking about the ways to do this because I feel like a lot of times that even though Gainesville is so big, you have like campus and then you have the rest of Gainesville and there's (laughs) like this little silent wall. Um, And the students, they stay locked into that campus. They're not getting out and they're not working for a company. I mean, not all of them, so it's not fair to say that's the case with everybody, but you know, they, I know that if we can get them into businesses while they are sophomores, juniors, and seniors, and they can fall in love with some of the company cultures around here, that they will be more inclined to be like, man, this is the place that I wanna work. Because here's what we've created, in my opinion, is Students go to students go to college. It's not just UF, but anywhere they go to college, and they think that when they leave, they're going to come out with a seventy-five thousand dollar income and work in some big metropolitan city. And that might be the case, but it might not also be the case. A lot of the times, I can tell I can't tell you how many people have worked for me while they were in school part time, left as soon as they graduated. This is this was a college job, left. They see how terrible a lot of the company cultures are, how the lifestyle is, where they go to, and they come right back. I've had so many team members come back because they're like, "No, I like, I just want to help you build something. There's purpose here, you know. I like, I just feel like what you're doing, and I wasn't getting that where I was at. I was just a, a worker bee, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just know that if we can expose them that sooner, that maybe there's a chance to like get them locked in, have them fall in love with company cultures like ours." And then, and then stick around. And if they don't, then maybe after two years they end up coming back anyway. Yeah. You know. And so I don't know. Maybe there's a way to collaborate some with some of the stuff that's going on in, on campus at some classrooms. At, at least exposing a lot of like your students to opportunities. Maybe if they're broadcasting, maybe hey, like I mean, we're doing a, a another podcast that's just calling in the cow. It's like our our chief of wisdom, and we just do it on Monday mornings, and it's just fun. It's me and a, a older gentleman that works for me. His name's Lee. And one of our concepts is like to have college students come in and be on it. And like, let's just do Q and A with college students and just like see what happens. I mean, it at least exposes you to proper equipment and a lot, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe there's an opportunity there. Well, I don't know. I just want to get them locked. Maybe you know? not get just for, even from a career standpoint, but from a, you know, like the, we sat here and, and spent so much time talking about our love for Gainesville and, and because they're in that bubble where it's at school, cross the street to go out maybe a little bit, maybe down to Target, you know, it's, but it's just, that's their <laughs> right. bubble. And, and they are all here in the, with the mindset, I'm here, I love Gainesville, but I gotta go, I gotta go. But if, you know, to take a, just a, a pride in the city, and, and the city is, is growing, and, it, and it's getting so many things, you know, the Cade Museum, and, and just their, just downtown is just, the way it's it, the direction that it's heading in there's so many things to be proud of and so many activities where people can actually take ownership in the city and make it their city to where it will be tough to leave and not just tough to leave during the fall because they like going to gator games or or whatever and it's, right. it's funny because we did 
the second to last class that we had this semester, um, I went and uh, loaded up the Jort bus and I, I took everybody on a field trip. And we, we went by and we saw uh, Coach O'Sullivan over at baseball. We saw Coach Troy just kind of bouncing around campus. Um, and then we went to Satchel's. And I wanted, I wanted them to meet Satchel. You know, he's just, he, he's a good dude. He's an artist. He's, you know, he, he's Gainesville. It, and it blew me away that I would say oh, about 60% hadn't been there. They yeah. hadn't been to Satchel. Isn't that crazy? And it blew it's me crazy. away. That, like, I thought everybody that yeah. even drives through Gainesville goes to it's Satchel. so far away. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from campus to Satchel's is so far away. 12 minutes. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. that's like the per yeah. that's just the perception. Yeah. I mean, if, if they had a scooter, hi, I'm James. <laughs> Let me tell you about Scooters for Less. <laughs> Would you like to go to Satchel's more often? <laughs> hey, will you do that after <laughs> us? Like, we can fil we'll film the whole thing. It's a great idea. <laughs> It'd be fun. And let's touch back on um, the Cade Museum. You're on the board at the mm -hmm. Cade. Yeah. I haven't had the oh, pleasure of going awesome. over there just yet. Give us a little rundown of any of your artwork there. I know you got some artwork at Satchel's. Yeah, it's, well, I, yeah, I've got shirts and posters now up at Satchel's. Okay. I'm really Very excited cool. about it after they rebuilt, but uh, so proud to, they, they're just, I went and met with uh, Stephanie and Phoebe up at the Cade Museum, and, uh, and Phoebe is Dr. Cade's daughter, um, who, uh, if, if you didn't know, uh, invented Gatorade while at the University of Florida, and, and he was a doctor at Shands, and um, you know, was worried about all these nutrients that the athletes were, were losing. And at the time, Steve Spurrier just happened to be a, a football player at the time when they were testing. And he, uh, okay. at the 50-year celebration a couple years ago of Gatorade, the anniversary, um, they, they had a quote from Spurrier, and, and he, he put it on his teammates, but you know that he was saying it too. But he said, shoot, when they were testing that stuff on us, there were a couple guys on the team said that, Tastes a little bit like horse piss, and it was a. I I, I say that it was probably him, but he was just trying to yeah. you know put it off, throw his teammates under the bus. But uh, yeah, so I went on a tour of the Cade Museum, and it's oh my gosh, it's beautiful from yeah. the street, and it's uh and what's really beautiful is, is what they're doing to to so many kids and opening their eyes to um to their future and, and letting them know that you know invention creation and just to. I mean, just to kind of get those wheels turning and, and let them know that there's a world of possibilities out there and, and they can really go and, and make things happen. And, you know, and it's just, uh, uh, gosh, I'm fired up. They, they started kind of like some mini shops, uh, workshops and whatnot for a, a lot of kids in town. But it's uh, May 18th, I believe, is like a soft opening. And then September will be the big grand opening where they'll really get it going. And I'm just a, a tribute to Gatorade and, and, and a tribute uh, like a, a weekly tribute, if you will, to, to all the great inventors that, that are around town. And there are so many of them. And, you know, I mean, I, not just people that trinkets and, and, and sports drinks and, and whatnot, but it's, you know, musicians and, and chefs and everybody that creates and makes uh, things happen. So, uh, yeah, so I'm really proud of that and excited to, to be on board. i just kind of bummed that I won't be here in the fall when, when they do the big grand opening, the, the big uh, hoo-ha. So I'll be on the road somewhere, somewhere other than Gainesville. I'm always going the wrong way in the yeah. fall. You know, everyone's coming to town. But, but uh, yeah, so I'm really proud of that, too. It's crazy when you think – I mean, you've been here since 92. I've been here since 97. Think about that whole South Main area in the mid-'90s. It's completely different. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. Between the studios, between the, the, the startups, the light manufacturing, the museum, the park, 
it doesn't even resemble the same South Main. It's really, it's unreal. It's the first magnitude down there yeah. you go down, and, and uh, the Gainesville Fine Arts Association, mm -hmm. their galleries down there as well. Yeah. And the lady, um, gosh, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, that owns First Magnitude, or I guess she's a partner. Meg. Meg. Meg? Uh -huh. I mean, she's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and very giving. Like, I, like, went to, um, well, we were just speaking at one of the university classes, and she was on the panel with me and just kind of hearing some of her story. Even we'll, That's somebody else we'll need to get in here. Um, it was just, uh, I don't know, it's just inspiring. Business owners like that just inspire me. Satchel inspires me. I mean. I, just, I, I love it so yeah. so much and i think the brewery industry is pretty cool here in town too and we'll have to do a like a brew pod with everybody but that would um, actually be really really sick yeah i know swamp had had their like 10 year anniversary and they did a collaboration with every brewery in town so i think that just showcases the mentality of gainesville where we're you know we're competing but it's more community building and i think that's what we all have figured out maybe there's other people that figured it out, but we're figuring it out where Gainesville's got something special to offer um, entrepreneurs, community builders, you know, whatever industry you're in, there's people here that are willing to help and, and kind of grind it out with you to create something. And, uh, you know, it's just fun to be here. And when you talk about, I am looking for somebody to grind it out with me. <laughs> Should I put an ad? I'm just messing with that. That's pretty good. <laughs> No, but it pains when you say you, you took your uh, your students to Satchels, you know. Um, I deal with that every day on Best of Gainesville. We're always, you know, promoting something somewhere in town. And it's amazing how many seniors or people graduate and will be like, oh, my God, like, I haven't been there. Right. Like, I didn't even know there was strawberries to be picked 10 miles away. Or, like, what is this devil's den, you know, 25 miles away? Or there's the Zip the Canyons or Ginny Springs or whatever it is. It could be, you know, something as simple as the top, even. Some people don't know what the top is, and it's crazy to me. Um, and that's what we're trying to do here with the podcast and with Colin and what I do on Best of Gainesville is try to press the community together from the students to the business owners to the people, you know, just that have grown up here and lived here. And maybe they're not as, um, you know, ear to the ground with the new things happening. So we're trying to get it to them quicker. So these startups and, you know, these new restaurants, everyone's got a chance to maybe grow and succeed before they maybe run out of cash or they run out of, you know, ideas because it's hard. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to see people go to these places for the first time because they're going to go back. I mean, every single kid you took to Satchel's mm -hmm. when they visit, when they come back or bring their family in 10 years to a Gator game, that's where they're going to go. And uh, it's just creating that conversation so they go when they're visiting school, not when they're leaving school. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to think about how we can keep making the community smaller while also growing it exponentially. And, uh, you know, it's just a there's some big ideas happening. And so let me ask a good. question a little bit around that. Right. What are some ideas that you guys would execute to build Gainesville businesses? Like what would if you could just make recommendations to the Gainesville businesses on, on what they could what they could do to highlight to either highlight Gainesville or maybe you know get more involved with the university. I, honestly, I think a lot of times when you start looking at the university, a lot of businesses are like, man, it's just like feels like there's so much red tape or something. Or there's just too many steps, and they just I mean, business owners are busy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like that's something that you know pretty well because you're like right across the street <laughs> and you have interns coming in all the time. I mean, uh, what could businesses do just to build Gainesville, be more involved with UF, like all of it? 
think they, they just have to they have to make a commitment that it's going to be part of their culture. Um, you know, there's there are going back to my days at Infinite Energy, we didn't do any business in Gainesville at all. So we, we had zero customers in Gainesville at 100 plus thousand customers. But the owners of the, the founders of the company made it a, a commitment to be involved in the Gainesville business community. They, they were the ones that were actively involved in speaking at UF or doing mentorship with students. Um, they, uh, they made it a point to do it because they, they, they felt passionate about Gainesville. They grew up here and they wanted to see it be successful. So I really think a company needs to take, um, take initiative to be able to do that. Now, from a startup perspective, it's hard. I mean, we ourselves are a startup. So taking the time to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna carve out some time to make sure that we are doing things for the doing things for the betterment of Gainesville to keep people here to grow the grow the community, but if it's important to you, you just gotta make time to do it. I think just embracing Gainesville. I think that's you know it's it's tough because you see these these restaurants that that'll come like oh well that's you know like Five Bar I think is a good example. Remember when Five Bar? I mean that was that was a heck of a restaurant and yeah. it's like it's a good spot. Why didn't it, why, what was, why, that to me is the perfect example, and that to me is what's really kind of uh, confusing. Like, what what could we have done yeah. to help, you know, support it, other than go in there a couple times, and and I actually did an art show to help the owner um, when he first opened up, when he had his big opening, and, and, and left a lot of art in there for a long time. Um, and just, I just, I think it's very important to this community that you really do love this community, that you are passionate about it, that, you know, you don't have to be a, a gator, but just that you really love being a Gainesvillian, I think, is, is really the most important thing. And, and people can see through it if you're, if you're just fronting, really. Um, and so I think that would be the number one thing that you would need is, is just kind of win some of the hearts around here first and get people to, you know, to want to be around you and want to be a part of, of what you have going because, you know, they know that you're here for the right reasons. Amen to that. I want to ask you real quick before we start wrapping up. I mean, those of you that are listening might be able to actually hear it. James has been over here actually. Like no, they couldn't doing doodling or art or <laughs> i don't want to call it doodling um i think it's the cadence in logo <laughs> is it uh, no funny. no i guess it's, uh, i mean i know that this is something like art is is a passion of yours when did you discover that passion and where has it led you today i mean kind of kind of circling back to where we we're talking about passion earlier i mean um and like are you monetizing it and yeah, I, is, is it yeah, a where business? can we find it? Yeah. Well, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you know it, it's funny. We we talk about I didn't take any art classes in in college, but I probably should have because I was, as you see right here, I you know get a little antsy. I was drawing anyway when I was sitting in class. You know, uh, I should have been paying more attention. But um, oh, don't worry, man. The I've rest of us were reading the alligator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like classifieds, we'd sit there and go through the class. Uh, I've always kind of had it in me, but I, I just um, oh try to give you the, the quickest story on it. Eric Kresser was a roommate of mine. Um, he was a backup quarterback to Danny Warple in our same freshman class, and he majored in art. And uh, I was always, if somebody got in trouble on campus or something, I would, on the uh, dry erase board in the locker room, I would draw a big cartoon of them, you know, 
whatever or put police tape around their locker or something like that you know it was like i was kind of always doodling always you know and, and and jerry spurrier is actually one of the first people that kind of uh recognized it she came to me one day and she said you know i i work i do aerobics with the uh, the swimmers and nobody ever gives them anything you guys get all this stuff they're getting ready to go to secs i want you to uh, create a shirt for them and so uh did i actually still have a shirt i'm, I'm really proud of it but um i went to eric kresser after we had graduated and I had a picture of where my wife and I got engaged in Tennessee on this river and I said hey will you paint this for me I'll pay you for a Christmas present for Tina he said yeah he'd do it and then as Christmas got closer he's like oh man I'm so busy he goes I'll teach you how to build a canvas and you can go over to my house and you can just work on it there and I just knew right then that I just was going to have to paint more I just you know just doing that that first piece really and then about the same time I went into I was I was working on a, a movie down in Miami and I went into a, a couple art galleries uh, Lincoln Square area down there and I was just blown away by the, this art and I had to have art like that in my house but I was like couldn't afford art like that in my house so I just started creating you know I'm like I, I, I want to create big pieces big bold colors and and I collect folk art and so I kind of it's probably good that I didn't have art classes because I would probably beat myself up with, oh, I'm doing this wrong, or I shouldn't jump, you know, from folk art to landscapes to, you know, just anything I want to create is kind of what I go do, and it, it really makes it fun. And it, just the fact that that I can really, when football season used to be over with, I used to go right on into basketball and then right on into baseball, and I loved it. I mean, that's that's a dream job, going and you know, flying all over and calling these basketball games, and but. It was also exhausting, and I was, we've got three kids, and gosh, you know, I was always gone. I was always gone on the weekends. When that's with kids, that's when you're always around them. And so now, once football's over with, I, I just paint and just, you know, and from commissions to shows to everything else, it's, it's working, and it, it better keep working because I don't know how I could ever stop doing it. Like, I, you know, if, if like everybody hated my art all of a sudden, I would still be painting. I just kind of, you know, <laughs> be doing it like, uh, I, you know, maybe on like Purvis Young used to down in Miami, like on construction site, big plywood walls or something because I'd have to do it. But, yeah, I, I feel very, very fortunate. To be Has anybody ever beat you up over like the artistic ability or not doing something a certain way? Or you, like, have you ever had anybody? No, I think the the, the whole beating up is like the, the, the meathead mentality of the football world being like, huh, what? You don't paint. <laughs> you don't paint. You're a linebacker. You know, so I think that's more than anything where, like, you kind of okay. get people, like, giving you a hard time. And uh, But, you know, that's that doesn't bother me at all. I Shoot, I have to. I just kind of, like, have to bring that back yeah. into the business world because there's uh -huh. so many people we, we know as business owners. and Or, you know, I get a conversation. I'm actually doing a, a speaking engagement later today about social media and – you know, a lot of people they'll they'll post stuff, but as soon as they get that one negative comment or one, you know, their whole mind like, oh, like, like I can't I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, uh, yeah. and if someone I'm just I'm always interested in that kind of stuff. Like, if if you're able to just like ignore it and and move on and do your thing, or if it like really if, if you really genuinely care about what other people think, you know? Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I feel like I feel like Twitter is is a little bit kind of. I really like Instagram. Instagram it seems to be a lot easier. Friendlier. To, yeah, friendlier. Exactly. And it, whereas there, there's so many snipers on on Twitter. It seems like <laughs> snipers all around. Um, and so you kind of like pick and choose. I think sometimes what you post where too. I'm like ah, oh, this 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 will, this will be people will be sweeter to me on Instagram. Let me go post <laughs> it there. 
Uh, and I've got a couple more questions for James. So you, you're calling games, mostly football games, mm-hmm. and you're painting. You can get your stuff at BatesyPaint.com, which yeah. is B8. Yeah, I probably should make it easier. SYPaint.com. <laughs> I screwed up. HTTP colon backslash backslash www. Yeah, I screwed up all the time. just that easy. But you got your start with the James Bates show over there at TV20. Um, <laughs> that's kind of where we first met. I was on the James Bates show in, I think, 2003 uh, with Bubba Dickerson, U.S. Amateur Champion from UF. And uh, I walked in. I was nervous. First time I'd been on TV in a show. And you're wearing a Red Wings jersey. I'm a Red Wings fan. So it was from that point, you know, we had a lot of fun on that show. Are you doing any shows like that? Is there anything in the pipeline that you're working on um, as far as your own kind of uh, creative type of show? You know, it's funny you ask that because I've had, ever since I've been teaching this class, I've had in the back of my head basically a show like that. It's just kind of whatever it is that week. You yeah. know, maybe we'll do a skit. Maybe we'll do a documentary. Maybe we'll – but I want to do it because I think that all of these students that I have are, are really fascinating. They all have different stories, and they all have different goals and, and different dreams, and, and they're all so unique, and they're so neat. And I, so I somehow, some way, and, and to be honest with you, as good as all these students have been that I've had, I haven't found the right one. Like when we used to do the James Bates show for CBS Sports Network, and we used to do these little documentaries, I had my right-hand man, Tom, was a Florida Gator, and we just got it and went and created and made stuff happen. Yeah. And I have, I've been looking, 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 and I've hinted, but I haven't had anybody say, yeah, I know what you're saying, but – what I'm getting at is I, w- I would like to do a show that, that's called Batesy Has Class and and just kind of about my class and, and kind of or, hey, you know, uh, this is back when, when he was the AD, but Jeremy Foley came by today. And so, you know, we s- spin it off on a little documentary on, on Foley that day or, you know, in a, or it's today it's uh, Skyler LeBron who's got a chance to go call games up in upstate New York this summer in minor league baseball we're doing a little feature on him, you know, just like just highlight whatever, however, animations and and, and everything, all the above. I really think it would be fun, and I really think it would be good reps for these students. I really think it would be fun for them to to host segments of it, to see, you know, and and for people to see what goes on in this class. You know, I mean, we we have – we'll stand up and we'll do these these projects that are like sideline reporter projects, and they've got to go and and study up for – 18 different stories for these two teams knowing that they'll maybe do two of the stories and and okay in 10 seconds we're coming down to you and you're going to talk about this story and they don't okay uh yeah got it all right let's go it's just i i just think people would find that interesting that, that that's the class that these kids are, are going to and they're they're you know that's the world that they're getting ready to step into and they're getting those real world experiences you know and and i just i think that all the above if if I can find the right people, because I feel like I, I get spread kind of thin, and I do it to myself. I get so many things going on. I think we all do that. <laughs> is, and, you know, and so like, if I can find the right people to kind of take it and go, and I keep trying to tell these students, I'm like, yeah. you want an internship? You like, you want to make some noise? Go create this show. Go help me create this show. Well, this is the resume and, we're talking about. Right. Like, you couldn't ask right. for anything yeah, better absolutely. than this. I'd love to see a couple of your yeah. students go call a Greek flag football yeah. game and treat it super serious to one degree but have fun do mm-hmm. sideline reporting with you know just students in general be a lot of fun no and, and unique no one's done stuff like that right. before 
So maybe, maybe in the fall we'll uh, okay. we'll take that next step. But Let's well, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and what a lot of people don't know yet is that we're in the process of actually starting a media agency. Now, when I say, use the word media, where it's more co- like I, my big thing is why it's called the HOA podcast is W W H O A podcast <laughs> is because like I like I like to create what we call whoa damn experiences whoa. experiences that make people go whoa damn. damn. Uh, and so we're always talking about like our number one core value at New Scooters Plus is to create and recreate the ultimate customer experience. So for me, it's like I'm super passionate about customer service, customer experience, like all of it. Um, and so so this company is going to help other businesses do just that. Like like I met with somebody yesterday and they used to make they used to make pies for every single client that they would sign. Right. And then that that stopped because they got busy. They grew like oh, i just didn't have the time anymore we want to help them like execute things like that still have the time to do it because if they can continue to grow yet do the things that made them special in the beginning then it will you know continue to help them grow even more which is the whole point um so to bring that back around sorry uh i mean we're doing we're doing so much uh, we're basically incorporating so much i mean with video um you know, social media. I mean, that's why I like, I wanted to, you know, this relationship has grown. Like I love, I'm learning so much from him just on Instagram, Instagram strategies and that kind of thing. Sorry. Um, and I think because of how invested I am in games, I would love to talk to you more about that. I mean, we could even help them with some of the camera stuff. I mean, they could do some sort of internships here. We could, I mean, you could develop a whole YouTube channel around that and let these students broadcast on that and let them come up with some of these distribution strategies, whether it is Instagram or or Facebook. I mean, there's so much that could be doing. And not only that, they could, I mean, while they're in school, start developing what we call a personal brand, <laughs> you know what I mean? Start yeah. de- start developing themselves, their portfolios. I mean, it could be something that provides them with a lot of extra value for when they do leave school, whether they're in Gainesville or not. Like it's, you know, you're, you're at least investing into them even more. I think it's an incredible idea. Absolutely, and that's so. kind of what we're both trying to do is elevate these personal brands, whatever they're interested in. You know, we don't need to take them onto our teams or whatever, we wanna help their their thing grow whatever it is and have access to our channels but just that access to think and say hey this isn't a dumb idea or st- let's think this out let's see what we can do and if we can help in any in any way this is how we can help and hey there's 25 people kind of in our circle that might be able to help you too you know it's just building that community where it's like you have an answer for everything and you can point them in the right direction mm-hmm. um and kind of going back to Brad over at the Selling Factory, you know, I first met, I guess, uh, the Spin Chill guys. He, they reached out to do some promotion on uh, on Best of Gainesville. Um, and then there's a couple other startup companies over there, and we know each other, and I popped in there. And, you know, if you haven't been to the Hillel Center and gone upstairs to the Selling Factory, it's amazing. Um, and it grows every time I'm in there. Talk about a couple of the local companies that you're working with, as far as some of the the ecom stuff or the creators, and then some of the the other more normal companies like the you know uh, Infinite Energies or I know that's not one of Intermed, um, and how you guys scale those two sides. We get a bunch of people in a room, and we 
we put together a selling focused experience where this is things that th these are things that sales professionals should be doing anyway which is getting on the phone reaching out to new businesses reaching out for new business opportunities but so often the environments that they're in at their place of business their home they could be their starbucks that they work out of isn't conducive to getting on the phone and banging out a bunch of calls to try to grow your business so we create that environment for them so we we invite them in anywhere from 10 to 15 people at a time and uh, a couple of the things we do we put a countdown timer on the wall big projector screen two and a half hour countdown timer and we keep a giant scoreboard how many calls are you making how many meetings are you setting how many deals are you closing it's unbelievable this environment it's uh, <coughs> i tell them when we're going through it there's there's this euphoric <laughs> experience that happens when everybody's on the phone at the same time people are high-fiving People are closing deals. People are setting meetings. And that experience alone can cause them, will cause them to grow their pipeline, grow their company's pipeline, and eventually become successful. And it, it, what's ironic is this is stuff that should you should do anyway. We just provide an environment that's conducive to doing it. So as, as Ty mentioned, we've had a, a couple of great success stories. Um, yeah, Intermed Group was a company that came in recently and had a wonderful time working with their team, and they just crushed it. It was unbelievable. Um, we work, uh, we, uh, the other side of the house, the 30 interns that we mentioned, uh, they, we're teaching them how to sell. We're teaching them how to uh, do entry-level sales development work, like lead generation, things that they would do when they enter a company for the, uh, upon graduation. They're doing it as sophomores, juniors, and seniors at UF with real companies that have real needs. So companies like Fracture, which is an incredible company, Sharp Spring here, incredible, incredible company, uh, Feather, uh, so the, all these great companies we have in town we do a lot of work with, and we're able to give our student interns that all have paid internships, they're, they're, all, they're all paid to do this, they, uh, they get to experience life working with some amazing companies here while they're still in school. Wow. How do you find your interns? So that's the wonderful thing about being at UF Hillel. So uh, the CEO of UF Hillel is Rabbi Adam Grossman. And he's part of the selling factory as well. He's really helped us grow this concept. They have, <clears throat> they have a network of, oh gosh, probably over a thousand students at any given time that are coming through for you know, Jewish programs, services that are run through UFLL. And so we have access to amazing talent. I can say, Adam, I need 10 more interns for this huge campaign that we just landed with this great local company. It's like, all right, we'll go, we'll get our team together, find, find the students that are gonna show up on time, that are gonna do what they say they're gonna do, that are passionate about growing outside of what their, their curriculum, their, their, their professors tell them to do. This is going above and beyond that. This is creating that video. This is creating that, that off resume experience. And so we get these amazing students in here and they're incredible. And the great thing is I don't have to interview 10 students to find one good one. I meet with 10 and I bring on 10 because they're so amazing. So that's, that's one of the great. benefits of being right across the street. That was a big decision we had to make when we launched a selling factory a year and a half ago is, do I go find really cheap office space in Alachua or Jonesville or somewhere, you know, or you know, on the outskirts of town? We could have, but then we don't have the foot traffic. We don't have the students that can ride their scooter there that they bought from New Scooters for less. I mean, they, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't be able to do that if they were driving. Because they wanted the best deal in town. But yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so and, and, and plus, thank you. Plus, Thanks we have a that. really small parking lot, so we and encourage people service. to buy scooters <laughs> and ride their scooter there. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been amazing, man. We've impacted so many students. Um, I mean, our mission statement is to 
um, create a high energy selling environment where students learn, entrepreneurs grow, and companies can flourish. And it's amazing how everything we've been doing last year and a half has, has been guided by that mission statement. Very cool. So we're going to start wrapping this thing up, but I have one last question for you, unless you have anything else. I don't think so. All what right. uh, what did you shoot on Saturday, Brad? Brad and I play in a golf oh. a golf group. <laughs> That's a very important question. And, uh, uh, I shot a seventy eight tie. 78. That's what about that. what did you shoot? Ten tie? strokes. I shot worth. a sixty eight. So. Well, he God. only he only played fourteen holes. I played eighteen <laughs> holes. <laughs> <laughs> ties are ridiculously good golfers. Yeah. Uh, eventually, I'm gonna have him coach me on how to actually shoot in the seventies more often. <laughs> Um, final question. What's in your future? No, you got to go first, Brad. He looked at you. (laughs) (laughs) Think for a second. Uh, what's in my future? My future (laughs) is, uh, my watch my six year old daughter grow up. She goes to PK young now. Watch her start her, her, her life going through, uh, school and help her grow. It's, uh, to grow the selling factory to impact positively impact as many people as humanly possible um, we can we can fit 200 people at in the, in the selling factory uh, awesome. we've actually wow. done the math on that <laughs> that's great yeah. so we're only at about 15 percent capacity right yeah, now let's fill it up so if we can so we want to just grow this thing up um, get impact as many businesses in Gainesville help businesses stay help students stay and really just fuel the growth and the amazingness of this city that we love so much. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, it's funny because I we, we talked about my class a lot and we talked about, you know, students and, and their futures a lot. And it, it made me think, I just got an email last night from one of my students from this past semester. And uh, so I'm going to answer what's in my future with, I hope, a lot more of this. And I hope just to kind of try to try to do all I can to make people better, make people happy, and, and make Gainesville a better place, and make, make my family and, and friends better and those around me. But this is from one of my students. Uh, let me see. Um, thank you so much for everything you did for me this semester. I feel like a different person than I was on the first day of class. I have grown so much, and it's all because of you. I really appreciate all the pep talks and crazy speeches that you gave me and for always being such a positive, upbeat person throughout the semester for me. Going to your class on Wednesdays was always the highlight of my week. I also want to thank you for allowing me to do some of the assignments about things I was more comfortable with and helping me step out of my comfort, uh, comfort zone. Thanks. Look forward to coming to your class in the future. Uh, have a great summer. And it's, you know, I mean, that like uh, it gives me the chills. It like it makes me feel so good that th- that this person will will never forget this class. Right. You know, they're and that's just want to. However, it is even if it's being a positive person even if it's you know just trying to make people happy and make people smile it's such a good feeling if they get that if that's all they get from my class and i feel like i've done my job and um and so that just makes me feel wonderful and i and i just want to continue to do that and you know and and go work with kids up at the cade museum and and to continue to work with with my kids and you know and, and and be a good husband and be a good as good a person as i can and and that's kind of the same feeling I get from my art is that, you know, it just blows me away that somebody will get a hold of me and say, hey, I, I've, you are what we need for 
our house. Your art will make our house happier. And that just like blows me away. And I want to I want to get that. a piece. I'm going to buy a piece from you to put on our prize wall out here. We just unique prize wall where you come in for service, you get tickets back. Like as that's like our reward system instead of a punch card, we literally hand you tickets like we're a you know, an arcade machine. Oh, <laughs> so we have a whole arc, arca- arcade yeah. type wall out here and just hang a piece of that art up there, put a put one of the higher ticket numbers on <laughs> yeah, This is 10,000 tickets. Yeah. <laughs> like put it up there. Oh, really? So yeah, like, yeah, 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 it's, oh, it's really? like that. Cool. I'll, I'll show it to you it before you leave. But, oh. um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to get it up there. I think that would be awesome. I want the sticky hand. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I can't thank you guys enough for being here and – especially for your investment into Gainesville, everything that you're doing to build these students and to build businesses. I mean, you guys are so inspiring to me and uh, I hope that this helps inspire others. Just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Like I'm just going to go ahead and speak on the behalf of Gainesville. (laughs) Thank you uh, so much for everything that you guys do. And um, um, it's an honor to even know you guys. Well, I, I feel the same way, and thanks for having having me on, and nice to meet Brad, and it's just good energy in here. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. So um, any last words, Ty, before we sign off, my man? No, uh, episode three next week. I'm excited. That's right. We're going to so. have some really cool guests on in these first few episodes, and I can't thank you guys enough for uh, answering my text and wanting to come on the second pod. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and maybe we can follow it up in the fall. Maybe during your class, we can bring some people in and uh, do some fun stuff. Yeah. Well, it's good, too, that we're early because now, from now on, anybody else that comes on, we say, yeah, they, they called me first. They, they <laughs> That's right, I was man. one of the first people they called. That's right. <laughs> you know, you, have, you have that leverage and everything now. <laughs> so, well, again, thank you guys very much, and uh, we look forward to uh, doing this again. Yeah. On what? On what? On the WHOA <laughs> Whoa. podcast. Whoa. Damn. Damn. Yeah. <laughs>